Welcome to the Jungle Brothers podcast. This is episode 52. Um, you're here today with myself, Paul, Fadafili, to your awards here. Uh, wow. Joe's, Joe's off to Sri Lanka today. He's, having a, he's running a retreat out there. And we're here with Luke and Funny Tulloch. Yep. Hello. Hello. Very cool. Well, before we get into it, I guess I just wanted to thank Panavore Coffee, who's uh, sponsoring us with the delicious coffee. Um, other things that are happening in our gym at the moment, or well, coming up, we have our internship coming up in March. Get at us if you've got any questions about that. Um, then we have Nate, got his brown belt last night. Yeah, uh, one of our, uh, he's our resident coach. Uh, one of our coaches. So our mezzanine's up and running. We Our have coach. a full... A full uh, BJJ timetable going on upstairs. Um, please come and check it out. And of course, if you're looking to improve your training, your health, and you need any help at all with any of that part of your life, come and uh, get in contact with us. Yes. Visit junglebrothers.com and reach out. Um, yes. Cool. So today we're not really focusing on any one particular topic. We're going to have just a general convo. Um, I guess the big thing is that you two are just about to embark on a, a cool overseas trip. We are, yeah. Can, well, can you give us a, a rough wrap-up of, of what's ahead in, the, in, in what, the next four and a half months? Yeah, so we are going to Sweden first. Uh, so all of my family's in Sweden and my brother is having a baby and she's due... It's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, tomorrow actually. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going there first to hang out with family and old friends and that. And then we're going to Scotland for about three weeks. Mm. And then right. Lisbon, we're yeah. going to Portugal, where we are meeting my parents. And then who knows? Yeah, it's open from there, which is cool. It's like, I kind of felt, um, I think I said to funny at one point, it's obviously exciting figuring out where to go and stuff, but the most exciting part is just that you don't have to go anywhere in particular. And just you can kind of go wherever. Oh, I think that's the coolest bit, like just having that freedom to do it instead of it being a super structured trip, which is yeah. cool. Very nice. That's cool. So if uh, if you're listening and you're not sure who these people are, um, yeah. Funny is one of our resident coaches here at the gym um, until tomorrow when she leaves us. Uh, yeah. um, and we're a bit sad about that, but Wednesday, yeah, okay, it's all the same. You're leaving us for a little spell, and you know you'll be a back. While. But there not might be room for you when you not reappear. And yeah, Luke, we had him on one of our podcasts. We split mm. it into two. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, also a coach. Can you mm. tell us just a little bit about yourself, where you're, yeah. where you're at? Uh, well, from now, I'm actually completely online with everything. I was doing a little bit of one on one stuff when we last spoke. Um, but obviously in preparation for going overseas, kind of gone completely online. So I do a bit of education for coaches. I've got a membership site that also kind of caters to everybody in, into fitness or whether you're a coach or not. Um, and then I do online coaching for people, which is sort of mostly around um, performance for strength sports, like physique type stuff. It's generally around that, but kind of just caters to everybody. That's cool. Yeah. We've got Azza, one of our other coaches, sitting in the room here, and I believe he's just started. Yeah, yeah. Got to learn he's, about chemistry and stuff, which is always exciting. He's plugged in with headphones doing his study now, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go hard with him. Yeah, that already Funny, you're, you're also offering a bit of online coaching as well, like yeah. while you're away. Yeah, so it's basically individual programming. So mm. it's what I would do one on one, but instead of, obviously, I'm not here. So it'll be 
um, online via email and videos and that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it comes with weekly checking, so yeah, keeping cool. them accountable. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm, I wanted to ask you guys, sorry, the trip itself, what was the... What what was the reason for the travel? What was the thing that got you going? I guess it was the baby. Yeah, what was well, the intention so, of the whole trip? Yeah, I think that was like so. Over the last I don't know few years, I've kind of um, personally had like some experiences with going like there's some stuff that I kind of want to do in my life, like getting a tattoo was one, which I <laughs> got a few weeks ago. Oh, wow. um, What'd you get? Yeah, I got a, a Swedish like Viking woman on my arm. It's you. It's, it's, it's kind funny. Of, yeah, it's funny it's on his arm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, yeah. That suits. So I've been following this artist for ages. That's I just wanted a tattoo of him for a long time. And then he goes, oh, I've had a cancellation tomorrow, Arvo. And I just went, fuck, this is it. That looks mad. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So anyway, there's a few things that I've kind of wanted to do. And it's kind of reached a point where I'm like, what am I waiting for? Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think traveling was one of them and it just you know the way kind of life has happened we're just in a situation where you know we don't have any significant or we don't have any debt uh there's no mortgage there's no kids yet um online business (laughs) online business is good enough that we can support ourselves overseas so i mean there's no better time and i would kick myself if we didn't do it so I think it was just a case of like, fuck, let's make this happen. Like, let's actually just commit to it and make it happen. Um, and then, obviously, uh, Funny's, Funny's brother's having their first child and family's very important to us. So, um, you know, that was like, okay, well, that gives us a date. Uh, and so we just worked towards that. And that's kind of how it came about, I guess. We've sort of been working towards, be, like, setting ourselves up with work yeah. that is more flexible for quite a while. So working more online and, and providing services online and that sort of thing mm. to actually be able to do things like this. It's a, it's, uh, it's one of those things that you keep hearing about and seeing uh, like uh, ads on YouTube where they're going yeah. to target that kind of thing, but yeah. you never really hear of anyone actually successfully doing it. Man, it's it's, it's ten times mate, it's ten times harder than people make it out to be. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, it's um, it's a lot harder, and we've just. We're just very lucky in the, that we were in the position that we're in. You know, there's not many people uh, in the world that do have this opportunity, so we feel very grateful to be able to take advantage of it. Um, and, and you know, like I said, I think if you don't kind of take advantage of those opportunities, like you know, what are you doing? This is to me the the freedom that we have is priceless. You know, um, so yeah, it's, it's a great thing. It's really exciting to be able to to live that dream out, create all those beautiful memories. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you don't have much planned, but you do have Sweden and Portugal? Sweden, Scotland, Scotland and Portugal. Scotland, Scotland. So last year we were fortunate enough to do a bit of a road trip through Ireland, which was phenomenal. Um, just naturally beautiful and like it's quite nice to drive through there because the, the driving distances are not very long. So you're kind of in and out of the car a lot and it's interesting roads, it's not freeways and stuff. It's like little country roads and stuff. So that was fun. And we had phenomenal weather when we were doing it. It was pretty funny because <laughs> even the Irish were like, oh, look, Ireland's really good, but Scotland's also pretty special. So um, I think it's something we wanted to do uh, since then. I was like, we have to go to Scotland. Um, and we loved Edinburgh when we were there. We've only done Edinburgh and Scotland so far, just for a few days. Yeah. So this was like, okay, that's going to be the next one. Um, and so we found a way to integrate it into this trip. So yeah, Sweden for a bit, Scotland, we'll drive around for a few weeks, and then we'll just land in Portugal and kind of see where we go from there. 
Nice. And when you say you find a way, you found a way. Is that relative to your seminar that you could be having in uh, in the UK? Um, yeah, possibly. But I think it was just a case of like, you know, we're going to be over in Europe. Let's just make it happen. Okay. Like, it's not the, you know. So um, you often see those people do like, oh, I'm a digital nomad or whatever, and it's like, yeah, they just try and find the cheapest possible place they can work <laughs> on a laptop, and it's like, that's cool, but it's not exactly what I envision. Uh, you know, like in a, in a hostel. That's so funny. No, no, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't exactly want to share a, a hostel room with like 10 other people. And you know what I mean? It's just not where I'm at at the moment. And make ad campaigns by the pool. Oh, dude, it's not me. It is not me. So, so obviously, Scotland's not the cheapest place in the world, but I think it's worth investing in to do because we wanted to do that trip anyway. It's beautiful. I've done it. Right trip around. So yeah, sweet. It is awesome. spectacular. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it, but hadn't heard much about it. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. Hey? I was like, oh man, I should have done this earlier. Yeah, I've it's heard really it's phenomenal. Beautiful. And it's so clean. Mm. Yeah. There's no like rubbish it. anywhere. It's really surreal. Mate, beautiful. I'm excited. I'm very excited. So this this <laughs> seminar, what do you, yeah. uh, I mean, and I know that, uh, that sometimes you do seminars with others, but mm. have you got a, a specific topic that you bring to a seminar over and over or are they all different? Or? Um, they have elements that are the same but I try and cater it to the audience which is a hard thing because you kind of never know exactly who's going to turn up um, and then you know if you've got a room full of people and how, you know like there might be one or two who are pretty advanced and some people who are seeing information for the first time that's a real challenge when you're delivering stuff live um, it's pretty difficult but I mean you know if you have a class here or something you can have that happen like any day of the week, someone could walk in and just be at a different level than anybody else. Uh, so there are elements that are the same, but um, I try and cater it to what I think the audience is going to be like. So the one that's booked in for Stockholm, I'm calling practical programming. And it's essentially just trying to go through programming, nutrition design, exercise execution. Uh, so there's a practical aspect to it as well. Um, and I suppose anything pertaining to that, but I kind of, I kind of on the day, if there's anything that people really want to get after, it's like, Hey, let's talk about that. I want you to get, you know, out of this, what you, what you want. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll differ. Like, so previously I've presented alongside a guy who's like main thing is around, um, sort of programming and, uh, exercise execution and that kind of stuff. So I don't touch that then. And my role is supporting that. You know what I mean. Most of the people in your in like going to a seminar like that would they be PTs and coaches, or do you get people that are just interested in doing it for themselves as well? Get a bit of both. Uh, get quite a lot of coaches, but we do get a bit of both. So what's the framework, and and what makes uh, your approach to programming different to what's what's out there? Because there's all I mean, there's a lot out there, mm. and you, you tend to see the same kind of template yeah. over and over. Well, yeah, exactly. You say template. My stuff's all very principle-based. So I get people messaging me going like, oh, what do you think of 5x5? Five five? What do you think of GVT? What do you think of this method or that method? And I'm like, man, it, it could be good. It could be the worst possible thing for you. Like, it just depends on whether it ticks the boxes in terms of what you need. And so we need to come back to principles. It's like we spoke about last time on the podcast. Mm -hmm. There's that principle of if you want to lose fat, you've got to generate a calorie deficit, right? That's non-negotiable but there are 10 million ways you can do that. Um, and so you can evaluate any of those 10 million ways by, the, by whether it sticks to that principle or not, is whether it's gonna work or not. So for training, it's things like, okay, the training volume has to be reasonable. 
you know, what, what's, how difficult is the training? You know, how close to failure are you getting on those sets? Um, things of that nature is kind of what I'm getting at. So I try and give the principles and then that will fit into any framework that you then go and like, okay, this program or that program, you can assess any program that you write based on those principles. Uh, and as long as they stick to them, they should get the result. You know, but within that, it's like, how can we stick to those main principles, but still make it practical for someone to execute? So, you know, there could be the quote-unquote optimal program for someone at a particular time, which doesn't really exist, but let's say it does. You know, if they can't stick to it, again, it's a waste of time. So it needs to be something that they're going to enjoy and stick to in the longer term. And so I think that's where we have uh, the science of saying, okay, these are the principles. This is roughly how much volume tends to work for people. These are the, the driving um, progression that we need to hit but then there's the art of coaching and the art of being able to empathize with the person in front of you and have that emotional intelligence and put it into practice and so I try and bring a bit of a blend of that uh, and that's kind of what we're working with I guess. So like how close can you get to that realistically? Yes. Taking in all the other variables in life like exactly. kids and job and time. Absolutely yeah absolutely. Stand up all night watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> totally. So it's all about like low-hanging fruit for me it's like if um, if there's one thing, let's say the, so one of the overriding principles for like, if you want to maximize muscle growth, you've got to like volume, training volume, how many sets you do a week on each body part is a really big principle there. That's like the driving, the driver of, of growth, uh, or one of the main drivers. And so it's, it's like a case of, okay, well, maybe optimal is, you know, 20 sets a week for you, but realistically we can do 12 or whatever. Like it's just trying to work out where that lies, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So funny, you're doing your programming as well. Yep. How does it differ from what Luke does? And and then I'm guessing there would have to be some, some crossover there. Yeah, I mean, there is crossover, definitely. But I guess um, for what I teach, teaching people to move better and then do cool skills like handstands and calisthenics stuff and all that, I focus a lot on how it feels and... I can, I've sort of reached a level where I can see uh, whether they are relaxed when they should be, um, tensing when they should be, and like what, like I can see if it really looks good or not looks good sort of thing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a lot about the, the quality of how they are moving. Uh, that is the main factors that I take into consideration, I guess. Yeah. Is that something that you focus on? as well to an extent to some extent but not really yeah remember that the the audience that I deal with is very physique based so absolutely execution and setup and all that like movement quality definitely matters there's no question about that but um, you know speaking from experience having done some calisthenic stuff it's like I, I often say there's the difference between someone who's a, a novice bench presser and someone who is one of the best in the world, yes, there are some technique differences, but fundamentally, it's load on the bar that is the main difference. The difference between me as a novice calisthenics practitioner trying to get a front lever, and someone who is a, an elite level gymnast is maybe 20 exercise progressions. I've got to learn 20 things before I can get there, right? So overall, it's movement quality is there, that, like one of the driving factors, whereas, um, you know, for me as a coach trying to get someone's bench press up, it's like, dude, like we just need to work on progressing that volume and that intensity and things like that. That's probably more the driving factor and certainly technique matters, but it's not quite as big as it is in calisthenic type training. Yeah, and I guess 
it's also a there's an injury factor there as well when you get things yeah. wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, doing absolutely. what you do. Yeah, and I also think that um, for a lot of people, they are not so well uh, in tune with their body. Um, so a big part of what I teach is actually um, bringing them into their body more, so they can feel things and feel when they're in a good position or not a good position and sort of really embody things. Um, so yeah, I guess that is where my focus lies a lot. Mm. Uh, Paul's going through uh, some, some, some change with huh? shoulders and thoracic and you've been doing some work funny on those areas as well. Um, a while ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same kind of same kind of approach though, isn't it, for you? Focusing on getting better quality out of your sets. Yeah, yeah. If I was to go back where that was a year ago. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Yeah, it was a very specific thing that was kind of going on at the time. Um, I think I was coming out of my ankle injury. Yes. And I had a lot of weakness on one side of my lower body which, you know, went right through the leg from the lower to the upper limb into the hip, mm. which was like locking up my hips and my, my rotational ability. Yeah. And yeah, I was, I was pretty messed up. Like once we actually did the screen, she does an amazing screen and it was on video as well for, for you know, so you can actually see the, the quality, whereas a lot of people screen with still frames or just with, you know, writing notes on a page, it was quite good to see how I moved, you know, and there's actually a lot of detail when you keep looking at it, but it shocked me at the rotation when we did the rotation test. Um, and yeah, you, she, she gave me a lot of drills that helped a lot at the time. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really cool couple of phases that I did. It's, it's, I, I bring that up because you're not, you're not, it's not like you're sedentary, you're, you're a sedentary human, you've always moved and mm. moved well and you played a lot of sport and you got a great skill set but it, it, it go on go on still talking <laughs> but it's everything that's what we're speaking yeah. about before, right? yeah yeah <laughs> the, the feedback to see that there was something going on that you're that you couldn't pick up without seeing it in, in front of you mm. or without having having a coach a good coach to, to be able to, to yeah yeah team. yeah i mean i i would say i'm definitely um, that type of mover that's just always moved. So just because I can move well doesn't mean that I'm actually aware of how I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm probably less aware of how I'm doing it. I've always just yeah. done it. So I, I, I miss all of those finer details. And, you know, once we broke it down, it's just like trying to figure out something, you know, that's complicated. Break it down in little bits and then we, we worked on those little bits and then just kind of put it back together and the programs were always, you know, bias to one particular thing or you know a stretch on one for one area and then I'd integrate it at the end of each yeah. workout right I guess like body awareness is obviously a massive thing mm. of um, the teaching that I do it's so important what's the difference between body awareness and and the feeling you get when muscle goes into fatigue because obviously like mm. when you're giving sets and reps to somebody yeah. and you're like all right you want to you know push to six to eight reps and you're relying yeah. on them to find the weight. Is, there, is, it, is it a different neurological response from the muscle to what Fanny's talking question. about when yeah. she's talking about feeling within herself? Kind yeah, of yeah, I think it is different. Um, so for me, the it's, it's quite an objective thing actually when, when I'm talking about fatigue. I'm talking about concentric failure, like 
actual concentric failure. So you push the weight, it doesn't move. So that means you, you can't, you, can, you, you cannot, no longer you cannot physically muscle. lift to complete a rep. Um, that's what I use as a definition of failure. And that can be separate from the sensation of fatigue. So sometimes that can happen and you won't feel a burn in the muscle necessarily. You won't feel a pump, you won't feel uh, any like localized fatigue there. That's what will sometimes happen. And sometimes people use that sort of sensation as a guide for how hard a workout was or how effective a workout was. And it's that sensation is not reflective of the amount of work you've done, the amount of tension the muscle has experienced, the growth stimulus it's experienced, um, how the nervous system has recruited those muscles and might get better so you can perform athletically better later. And so that's a big mistake that a lot of people make when they're engaging with this, the type of training that, that I'm trying to do. And it, I think it can happen as well with the gymnastics kind of stuff because you can have a reduction in the quality of the movement that the coach will pick up that you might not necessarily sense yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and that's separate to actual, like, uh, the feeling of fatigue. You know, if we're defining fatigue as, um, as, a, as a sensation, that's a different thing to the technical definition of fatigue in strength training, which is can you perform the same movement, mm -hmm. same force output again? But that's also where the... Uh, <coughs> is that appropriate exception? Is that what that's that part is? of it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's also like the body awareness comes into that where you need to be, or you need to have adequate body awareness to realize when you are, you might be lifting the weight still, but it might be absolute shit form. Yeah, totally. So that's where the body awareness comes in. Yeah, so that's, that's totally, exactly. So that's different, right? Yeah. Um, and it kind of depends on the movement as to, uh, to what extent that matters, because like, let, let me give you an example, right? Let's say we're training legs and you're doing something a bit more complex, like a back squat or, you know, walking lunges or something like that. Um, the movement can look pretty shocking before you hit failure. And I, you know, there's not many people out there who can push themselves to true concentric failure on a back squat. It's just not going to happen. You know, you're going to have an exactly. awful compensation. Too, too many, too many, too many moving chain. parts, right? Your brain will yeah. find a way to stand up with that weight on your back somehow. And it can look shocking before you're unable to complete a rep. So that's a different thing to when you're on a leg press and you have tons of external stability. You have a pad, there are weights on rails. All you need to do is push into that pad. And you can certainly get to a point where you can get to concentric failure and that weight comes crashing down again without there being a major, major break and fall because you're so externally stable and it's, everything's on rails, right? So that happened a few times. Yeah. So the leg press collapse on. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> um, you know, so there's, leg press. it's a little bit of a qualitative difference there. You know, so you can't use that, that concept I've talked about of concentric failure the same way with every movement either, um, mm. which, is, which is pretty interesting too. Mm. Compensation. Yeah. I watched a guy in a gym, this was quite a while ago, about 20 years ago, uh, who was enormous, big dude, like geared up to the, to the hill. Yeah. Anyway, he was on the leg press, he was training up for comp, loaded this sucker up and he's just <laughs> pumping reps out and he's screaming and his head's like, just about to pop. Anyway, halfway through uh, a repetition, he's just he's he's gone, Aah! and everyone turned around and tried to get this leg press off him, but it was so fucking heavy, no one could move it. He was holding his eye; he burst his eyeball. No shit. His oh eyeball burst from the pressure. But get this, he was like, ah, he's like, came back half an hour later with a patch on his eye, and he's back under the leg press machine. Finishing his set. That's a dedication. 
Oh my god. <laughs> 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 oh, stupidity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, I'm funny. So this is <laughs> Maybe you're not the people who listen to this podcast, but a lot of people might get a bit angry at me when I say, like, for what? Essentially, it's a beauty contest with blokes in swimwear up on a stage. And don't get me wrong, I coach those people. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, you want to lose an eye for it. No. But I mean, that's, that's some dedication there. Yeah, Always. That's Leg press with your eyes tightly shut. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. When they say brace, breathe, they say breathe. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Oh, so, man. what other exercise, like we talk about the, the leg press, mm. let's say you want to take uh, your, your major body parts to, to complete failure, what yeah. are we talking with like? Did it have to be a machine or is there stuff you can do in the gym that's. Uh, you can do other stuff, but just bear in mind. go tos Well, it, it kind of depends on the person because. You know, bear in mind that the more external stability we can create, the less you have to worry about creating that stability yourself. Uh, and that could be a good thing if you're really trying to target a muscle. It could be a bad thing if you're trying to uh, move the entire system well together, you know. Mm. So a classic example would be like a, a bench press in a powerlifting style. What we're trying to do is trying to allow as much external stability as possible by pushing ourselves into the pad, creating that arch, bracing really hard gripping the bar tightly, all that sort of stuff, pinning the shoulder blades back. Now that's great for shifting a lot of weight, um, trying to put uh, as much work onto the triceps, the delts and the pecs as possible. However, if you do only that and you never allow that scapula to actually move in its normal scapular rhythm, you could run into trouble down the road. So it doesn't mean exclude the bench press, it just means think about that stuff. Like great to build, build those muscles and strengthen that movement pattern, cool, because you're generating external stability However, maybe not so good if you are someone who needs to throw a punch or whatever it is. Um, so I think, you know, it kind of runs the gamut. Like what I tend to do is I'll always have some stuff that is, um, requires you to generate your own stability. That could be something like a squat, could be a lunge, could be um, whatever. But then there's always some stuff, you know, once you've generated enough fatigue and maybe now what's limiting you is the fact that, you know, you're fatigued and you can't put as much force onto these muscles as, as normally you could. So now maybe we're going to a leg press uh, right. because we've, we've exhausted Finish. all of our stabilizing potential. And now, yeah, now we're going to a leg press, right? So let's less, less complex movement. Yeah, totally. So it's that classic thing of like, start with the more complex movements, move your way through to the less complex movements as a general rule. Um, but I don't, honestly, I don't think that any exercise is off limits. I think yeah. you're like, I, I don't think so at all. You can genuinely stimulate and get something out of pretty much anything. And there's some stuff that maybe some people shouldn't be doing at a certain time, but like, I don't think it's a case of like, no, this machine's all this shit or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Funny, you're doing a lot of strength training. It's not. I don't see a lot of it in your in your business model. Mm. I would like to see more, to be honest, because I see you doing a lot of it, like, and and, and you're bloody strong. So, do it's you, in there. Are you coaching that, like in yeah. with your online? Is there how much of an element of your of your online coaching is is strength based? I'm gonna say what Emmett Lewis would say. It depends. <laughs> um, so it would come down to where the person is at, where they want to go, and injuries and all of that sort of thing. So. Mm, what I, I just give it to everyone. Yeah, I mean, I really liked, well, I really liked the Bible stuff and the, the 
Is that what you mean when you say strength? Uh, oh, yeah, your ring, you're, you're doing ring I do, bits, yeah, do pull-ups, yeah. chin-ups. Yeah, I do a lot so of that. Squat work. Yeah, I do all of that. As opposed to like the, just the, the, the stretching and the, yeah. the mobility work. I mean, I know it couples in, but I do both. A bit more of an emphasis on one or the other. Uh, not necessarily. It might look like that sometimes when I post on social media and, and that sort of thing, but. Uh, I have a lot of strength in my fitness programs, but something that I've, um, well, that I am currently considering a lot, which I find really interesting, is when you have a person in front of you and you can assess where they're at and then you know where they want to go, certain exercises uh, and types of, of training um, might not be so conducive to where they're at and how they need to move at this stage. And let me try and explain that a little bit better. So like powerlifting, for example, is not necessarily natural ways of moving. So it will go, as far as I'm understanding this currently, is it goes against a lot of your biomechanics and you're not really working through, like Luke was saying with the bench press, you put yourself in a really strong arch and you're squeezing your shoulder blades and you keep yourself in that position, but you're not really taking the shoulder blades through range of motion. Um, so I think it is really important to have, if they want to do that sort of thing, to have that in the program, obviously, but also make sure that they are taking the shoulders through range of motion yeah. so that they are actually getting a little bit uh, of movements that are not necessarily high impact, but movements that will promote their everyday movements, yeah. if that makes sense. I totally agree with that. So there's... Like you'll, you'll see some of the best sort of strength and conditioning coaches or power lifters at the moment. I know a couple, Jamie Smith of Melbourne Strength Culture is one of them. Totally. And uh, he's, a, he's a coach, uh, he's a very smart guy. I've had him on my podcast, he's a good mate of mine. And then Will Crozier, who's one of the strongest power lifters in Australia. And both of them have separately, so they're working together now, but they've both separately said to me like, you know, with powerlifting training, it's like obviously the way those movements are executed is for maximal strength on those movements. There's no problem with that. That's fine. Yeah. But, you know, it could be as simple as, okay, we don't get any shoulder protraction or elevation in a bench press because we're depressing and retracting the scalp really hard. So let's put in something as basic as a push-up or a yoga push-up or a landmine press or something in the program as well so that that shoulder blade can go through range. Yeah, and I think that there is different times in a person's program and depending on where they are at, they might want to do more or less of the different things. Yeah. So they might want to promote more range of motion or like more natural movements, working on the feet, working on gait, working on breathing, that type of stuff uh, versus heavy um, or like barbell work. But then obviously that will, if they want to do barbell work or get better at chin-ups and, and squats and deadlifts or whatever it is, then you want to uh, work towards getting them to that point where they can do that without injuring themselves. You get a lot of that, uh, the, those kind of clients that, that want to see range of motion and, and, and maybe couple that with their strength. Yeah. Would you get uh, given, uh, do you have a, like a, 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 a kind of like a bit of an avatar that comes to you? I'm guessing they're mostly male, want to get stronger, want to get bigger. Do you ever get any fit, like pushback from your clients saying, that maybe too much mobility work is going to stifle their ability to to get bigger or to get strong. Can they see the connection there? Or I I actually have a really 
big mix of people that come to me, right. which is interesting. I actually have probably more guessing. women than men. Oh, really? To be honest, yeah. Is it competition people? That, do you train competition? It's, mate, it's everything, honestly. It everything? I have an elite level powerlifter <laughs> who's looking to set a squat record at the Arnold's. Okay. Uh, in what a couple kind of, of weight are we talking when you're saying... So she's a female lifter, she's going to be lifting so at about 70 kilos and like I'm not doing her training so she's she's very strong, she works with a coach, she does her own training but I'm helping a little bit with nutrition um, you mm. know, and she's going to be squatting something in the region of like 190 kilos. Right? Oh, shit. Um, so she's held the record before, she's recently had uh, an Eastern European lady break the record and she's really keen to get that record back so I have something like that. Um, I have another powerlifter female who is looking to take out a class at, at nationals, but I also have someone who has barely even been in the gym before, you know, and I have some people where I'm telling them, you know, you need to eat exactly this many grams of this type of food at this time. And I also have someone who I'm like, listen, man, take some pictures of your food, send it to me. Like that's mm -hmm. kind of the scope of what I work with. And I think, Maybe I track people like that because I'm just kind of pretty, I'm pretty flexible with people. I'm pretty honest with them. I'm principle based. So I don't like niche myself down too much. I don't know. Maybe I should, but it seems to be working pretty well. But back to your point of like, do, people, do I get pushback around the mobility stuff? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Because, um, you know, people tend, some people have a very specific way of looking at things or doing things, or they've been exposed to certain information and it's like, this is how you do it, right? So like, I need to reverse diet, I need to do this much cardio, I need to lift this many times a week, I need to do these kind of movements. Um, and it's interesting because we actually get a lot of people that are pretty uh, open-minded come to us, like like you said, we coach people together quite often. And so Fanny might do like four days a week of coaching for them and I do two days a week. We try and complement each other. And we get phenomenal cool. results out of that when they just kind of go, yeah, sweet, I'll roll with it. Um, you know, so it's pretty cool that way. Most people are pretty open-minded, I think. I'm lucky enough now that people who do come to me trust me. Um, yeah. I've just got it set up in the way that people trust me when they come to me. So if I tell them something, something and I can explain why, then they're kind of like, all right, cool, makes sense, I'm on board, let's try it. So, to be honest, you're pretty approachable on social media as well. You've taken the time to answer people's questions. Yeah, and try not, to. Um, yeah, man, you come you across know. as really genuine. And I think, uh, yeah, it come, people can see it quite easily. Yeah, I work really hard on that. I, I kind of wrote a blog post recently about like this sort of fake it till you make it attitude. Mm. I'm really not a fan of it because mm. I feel like there's so many business coaches or just coaches in general out there who have that attitude. Um, when if you can be genuine and you can sort of be humble and try and help people, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah sure. and, and genuinely be like, look, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. These are my flaws. Like I get shit wrong too. All that sort of stuff. And people actually, especially now, they trust that authenticity. And then you can actually do better with them because they're willing to just trust you and put, put their, their programming and their nutrition in your hands and just let you run with it, which is a massive privilege because you're obviously, you need to take that privilege seriously because you're affecting people's health and well-being. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm down. Yeah. I'm down with that sort of perspective. I wanted to ask you kind of separate, have you, because you do seminars and stuff and you've been coaching for, how many years you've been coaching uh, for? 13 years. So have you ever done, uh, taken like presentation courses or anything like that to help or do you just go straight in and you've just grown over the years? Yeah, I've literally just practiced a lot. Okay. <laughs> when, you're, when you do your presentations, do you, you know, you see a lot of people do talks mm. and they will prep it and they will make jokes yep. and use certain techniques to get the crowd involved. Do you do yep. stuff like that? Not really. I think it's something I could probably improve on, to be honest mm. with you. Um, 
because I've presented alongside a few people who are really good at that. Sort of yeah, they come across so well when they talk uh, and they're very engaging and they've got their little jokes. They're very funny people yeah. and they do great. I've always struggled with being um, the way I present information. I, when I started, it just went over everybody's heads because it made sense to me and I didn't think about how my audience is going to interpret it and, and take it on and where they're coming from. Mm. But I think I've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. I, I do naturally enjoy speaking to an audience. So I've yes. got that massive advantage where a lot of people don't. Yeah. It's something that I truly love doing. Like I just love it. So I think I've gotten better at it. But you can always improve, right? So yeah, I always yeah, look yeah. back and go, like I listen, it's... It, it's kind of hard to listen to, but I listen to myself on podcasts. Uh, even the ones I record by myself, I, I look back at how I presented stuff and I always try and go, oh, okay, I could have done this better, I could have done that better. So, yeah, yeah, cool. Because you're, you're, you're an interesting guy and when you're passionate about what you're speaking about, obviously yeah. like that is immediately engaging. Yeah, I you're, agree you're not bad to look at either. You got a, you got a look, you're not yeah, just like I a... Yeah, I do have an aesthetic. You know, yeah, you're <laughs> not just like a someone presenting wearing a polo top and church yeah, pants yeah, yeah, so sure. like yeah you see that and I don't know I'd like to see church you speak pants. and, and, and <laughs> yeah. lean, lean into that character a bit more in it and I'm yeah. just wondering you know how because I, I I can see that you've got a sense of humour and I'd like to you know be yeah. cool to see you speak yeah man I think it is, it is no it is something i got to improve on I think is like kind of uh, get the humour and stuff going a bit more I think that would be something to work on did you go to Tool on the other night? Yeah. You both? Oh, was so Everyone good. was talking about it this week. It was nuts. Yeah, it was so good. Jared convinced me to go next time they're in Sydney. Mate, you've got to. Even though I don't know any of their tracks, I can respect it for sure. It the energy awesome. coming off the stage. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's wild. I miss them. I've been a, a fan of them since forever. And <clears> I missed them last time they were in Sydney, which I think was six or seven years ago. Maybe you can somehow weave... Because you play the guitar, you mm -hmm. put that somehow in your presentation. Yeah. Is that too corny? <laughs> you in the presentation? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Short intermission. Yeah. And then just a little thing about nutrition. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> little, I, do you know what? I'm, little ditty. Do you know the weird thing is when, you're, when your Instagram following grows, people start getting less interested in your content and more interested in you as a person. <laughs> yeah. And I've often had people message you. me going, oh, why don't you like put your guitar playing up on Instagram all the time. Yeah. I'm like, mate, it's not for you. It's for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you think about it. Dance, man. I have fun with it. It's Dance. Well, you should, um, when I finally get my podcast up, you should listen to the intro in case it's made by Luke. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Is yeah. that, when's that happening, honey? Um, oh, you can do it on the road? next week or two. Oh, man. Yeah. I recorded my first one, but I'm not 100% happy with it, so I'm probably going to re-record are you doing that on, on the road? Yeah. Can you interview people and stuff like that? Or just going to do solo? Yeah, thing it'll probably be a bit solo first. Um, but yeah, a big part of my thing. That would be, that'd be tough. Content. I've never listened to a solo really? podcast before. You haven't I've, listened to Luke's then? I, I, haven't, I, take it. I haven't listened to Luke. Is your solo as well? I started out pretty much, it's just me, stream of consciousness, just dumping into the microphone. Wow. Um, I've had some guests on now. That was a goal for 2020 was to get some guests on. But it was easy for me before because I could just go, oh, I have an idea, and I just sit down and hit record, and half an hour later, I'm done. So, yeah. I'm not that interesting. <laughs> I don't think I, don't, I, don't I, think I am either, to be honest. No, no, Somehow no. people listen to it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> 
I need to learn the guitar for mine. <laughs> oh, that's cool, funny. What are you? What? What? What's going to be called? Do you know yet? Yes, it's called Beat Gap with Funny. Come again. Beat Gap with Funny. Sounds like a root. What does that mean? So Beat Gap means um, it's a Swedish word for hanging basically out. sitting down, hanging out, having a coffee uh, with yes. friends, cool. uh, having a good time, and it's yep. all warm and cozy and. It's usually oh, like yeah. you have a coffee and a cinnamon, cinnamon bun. Oh, yeah. That's oh, okay. Like I have heard of thing. Yeah. How do you spell that? Cinnamon bun. F I K A. F I K A. So it's it's up there, but there is no episodes yet. But it's coming. It's coming how come you want? How come you want to record re-record it? Is it? I didn't explain Fika. Yeah, she didn't explain what Fika was. Probably Quite pretty essential. important. Yeah. <laughs> Leave that up to the audience's imagination. Yeah. <laughs> so you got three clients that you train together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Who takes what? Like, what are you doing? How does that work? Yeah, I tend to do the nutrition, and then if there's any supplementary, like traditional resistance training, I tend to do that. So it might be like one or two days a week, and then funny kind of goes with the all the calisthenic mobility type stuff. Yeah. Actually, there's one guy that I do. All the resistance training for, and she does all of the mobility work with. Yes. Uh, he's a powerlifter, actually. So. Yeah. Ah, okay, nice. Hmm. Yeah, it works really well. Um, goals versus process orientated training. Mm. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I think this is something that is probably the biggest thing for me in terms of uh, life satisfaction and getting actually getting somewhere in life as well uh, towards your goals. So. There's a concept of process orientation and then outcome orientation. So outcome orientation is the traditional, like, I want to lose 10 kilos by this time, whatever it is. Uh, it could be anything. Um, the process orientation is, or the process is obviously the, the habits and the, the things you do along the way that get you there. It's the small things. It's the repeatable things. So, like, obviously losing 10 kilos is not necessarily a repeatable habit that you can do. Whereas, uh, you know, eating three cups of vegetables a day is, right? So for any goal, regardless of what it is, I think it's okay to have a larger overarching goal. It's probably good to give you some direction to aiming. However, by far the best thing that I've ever come across is to be process oriented about anything. And that is literally, it's, it's like a day by day approach almost, or a week by week approach. It's engaging in the behaviors and habits that will get you moving towards your goal. Um, and what that means is that uh, it takes the, firstly, it takes the pressure off of reaching that goal and you, you're not determining your success or your failure off of hitting that goal or not. Like, let's say your goal is to lose 10 kilos, but you lose nine kilos by the date. Are you a failure then? Well, you kind of are because you set yourself up for a 10 kilo goal. Yeah, okay. Whereas nine kilos is still an incredible effort and maybe if you just dieted for another week, you'd hit it. You know what I mean? Um, it also allows you to work incrementally on stuff. So there's always going to be little areas that we can improve on in life and we can derive satisfaction from. Um, another, so another thing that I do within my business, and this is why I say it's important for life satisfaction, is that I, I set myself up with time goals to achieve tasks or whatever. So I have a lot of stuff that I do every day and I might give myself like 30 minutes, I'm going to work on this article. So instead of me saying, I need to write this article today, I'm going to work on it hard for 30 minutes. If I achieve the 30 minutes, whether I've finished the article or not, I've won the day, I feel successful, it makes me happy. Um, and if you repeat those things day after day, it just 
you have this ongoing like satisfaction with what you're doing, this ongoing happiness. It's not a feeling of euphoria or anything like that, which is obviously really transient, but it's a feeling of satisfaction. Um, so long story short, I just think that it sets you up better in terms of mental health, in terms of your general approach to life. It enables you to enforce habits that will stick around after you've reached your overarching goal. Um, and it means you can define success based on the small things you do rather than these large outcomes, which might not even really be relevant to success or not. This has been massive for me in terms of um, creating content yeah. because I used to be like, oh, I need to have this article done by this date. And it was just a random date that I thought, you know, should be done by this, uh, by this date. But I kept not reaching that goal and just felt shit and demotivated to do it. Yeah. And then um, Luke actually introduced this approach to me and I was like, yeah, this is feeling so much better and I was more uh, being more efficient with time and with the work that I was doing. So it's working really well for me. Uh, sounds like a real uh, perspective thing as well because you, you could yeah. potentially do, uh, even if it, um, take, out, take out the whole um, making it more time efficient, let's say you're doing the same amount of time and the same amount yeah. of uh, activity and being just as productive, but one perspective, it, will, it could potentially evoke um, you know, anxiety yes. and, and that fear of failure and then obviously just, just kind of like um, negative responses and then doing exactly the same task could could be bringing you joy and yeah. and uh, satisfaction and, and the feeling and that's of success. it. It's it's like chop wood, carry water, right? Yeah. It's just like finding satisfaction in the process of doing that. Those almost menial tasks day to day that are going to move you in the right direction. So it gives you a bit of a roadmap, and um, you know, I think this this I started to think about this a lot because there was a really and it still is, I guess, this whole thing of like. Uh, in the fitness industry transformations, so it's like a 12 week challenge or transformation or a 30 day challenge or whatever. And there was always this issue of like, well, what do we do afterwards? Like you bust your ass to get <laughs> somewhere. And yeah, maybe sometimes you are successful and it's like, hell yeah, this is so good. I've achieved so much. I'm so glad it's over. I'm so glad it's over. <laughs> now, yeah, now what do I do? You know, and it's like these people just recede back to where they were before and that feeling is terrible. And instead what you'd want is like an ongoing habit that's like, cool, we've given them tools over 12 weeks that now they have skills for life. Like if they can manage their portion sizes and a social life on top of that for the rest of their lives, then that is fundamentally life-changing, mm. you know, more than losing 10 kilos. Is. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you can put that on pretty quick. Preach. Yeah. You guys will know all about that with your travel. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, far out. yeah, I was going to... Yeah. <laughs> can you tell us about uh, what's what is the plan? I mean, you're going to be traveling, and we all know about the, you know, what happens when you're going from place to place. What are you going to uh, do for I'm training? I think i two together because you were mentioning that that you that Luke's going to be doing a bit of calisthenics. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this will be like your your travel training. Yeah, man. And I started running again for the okay. first time in a long time. Oh, which is fun when you're like 100 kilos. But uh, <laughs> yeah, totally needs something like. I'm anticipating maybe we get to a gym once or twice a week, uh, but the rest of the time, if we can, yeah, if we can find a playground or a tree to hang some rings off of and, uh, and jog around and explore places, then yeah, sweet. Finally, 
Finally got hold of it. I know. It's so <laughs> good. Yeah, well. He's doing really good too. It's actually really impressive. It's like seeing as doing uh, handstands, like such a tall dude. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, doing calisthenics, it's freaking impressive. I think I saw you on. Uh, you I had her on. The other yeah. Day. Yeah. Were you doing a push up or so? It was yeah. a gymnastic style push up, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> <So> hard. <laughs> Veins were popping all over Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it feels like a like like a five RM overhead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really hard. Yeah. yeah, cool. It's fun though. Yeah. So, so what are you gonna do? How's is there gonna be structure, or are you gonna have like a period of, you know, like I said, principles, yeah. um, and just trying to catch those during throughout the week? What's your thoughts on how to mm, run it? I think I'm gonna try and keep myself to a program, but program that doesn't necessarily require a lot of uh, equipment so or gym mm, or mm. anything like that a little bit of space bit of wall space um you know that type well, of stuff will there be like some maintenance so to speak with some areas obviously because you're traveling and then always trying to yeah. uh, improve on some skilled things maybe while you're look i really like, want to get my press to handstand bang. this year so i know also that i get affected by uh, being on planes and jet lag a lot and that sort of thing. So I am going to be flexible with my training because mm. of that and see how I feel and all that. But ultimately, I would like to um, keep training and doing that. and Press on top of a mountain that. in Sweden. Yeah. yeah. That type of thing. Well, you have a lot of clients in similar situations where they're traveling and, and stuff yeah. and I'm guessing you'd just be giving them the advice that you're going to be doing, taking for yourself. Yeah. Pretty much. What do you, what do you like? You got some golden rules around nutrition and, and travel? Yeah, I mean, look, I think one of the tough things about what we're doing is that it's not a three-week trip, you know? It's yeah. something where we actually do have to have a proper routine because we're going to be working. Um, it's going to be a longer period of time. And so ordinarily when I go away, I don't even really bother training. I just walk around a lot and I kind of eat whatever and I come back lighter. Yeah. <laughs> and that's um, three weeks though. Yeah. But that's three weeks. Um, you know, for a lot of my clients, they tend to freak out and they want to be really rigid when they travel. I actually tell them, hey man, like enjoy your holiday, be yeah. more flexible, try and instill some goals there. But I think, you know, some of those basic principles like getting in enough protein, getting in enough vegetables, vegetables uh, sure. staying yeah. generally physically active, even if you're not training, like let's get out and about and walk and explore and that kind of thing. Like those things are really basic, but fuck, they go a long way. They yeah. go such a long way. So, you know, obviously we'll be sticking to those principles too. I feel like we always end up craving vegetables yeah so yeah, sometimes I was say, just like food preparation would be a big one for yeah so where we're, we're you know, i mentioned hostels before we're mostly doing the airbnb so that we can get a kitchen so we can actually cook food for ourselves yeah. um that's kind of a big deal and also so we can have a space where we can work without being too disturbed and actually it saves you saves you money yeah yeah at the end of the day it does for sure yeah for sure yeah so, so yeah. nutrition and then training parks local parks what are you working on? Uh, what are you front, front lever for me, and nice. um, some planching, I guess. But my wrists aren't playing too nice at the moment. Yeah, we'll see how we go. I'll, I'll definitely. It'd be interesting because I'll definitely lose weight while we're overseas. So. That was going to be my next question. How do, how do you feel about losing muscle? You spend time building it. <laughs> yeah. and you put a lot of time and effort into. Uh, I'm more. The body. I'm more okay with it than I've ever been, but it's a very big part of my identity, um, and I do like feeling big. And, uh, me too. <laughs> I mean, for, you. for me, for yeah, yeah. You don't like feeling big, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, it's, 
it's tough. <laughs> so but, we'll take uh, a deep breath. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's just <laughs> let's just simmer down. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a bit tough because, you know, also from a, from a, a social media and that kind of thing point of view, like if you're, if you're able to post a, a shirtless selfie where you've got like a lot of muscles and you're super lean, I mean, you get engagement and unfortunately the, you get reinforced with that no matter how much good information you put out, you always get more likes and comments when you, you've mentioned that before. Yeah, fuck, it drives me a bit nuts, but you know, it's how it is. So it's just one of those things where uh, I'm more okay with it than ever before, but I think it's still going to be a challenge for me mentally um, to deal with. But I'm, I'm cool with it because, you know, what are we trading it for? It's worth it. And you can always get it back. Leaders, which is, yeah, which is I mean, good. Yeah. that's it. Really? Hey, like, that's pretty cool. Oh, I saw Tiora doing a back lever oh. on the, on the oh, straps yeah. the other way. Yeah. I'm chasing the front nice. lever as well. Cool. Five years now. <laughs> Still the same as it was. Very elusive. Yeah, yeah, What was that? Sort of like his pancake. I got caught in pike pike lip the other day. Uh, what are you chasing? You're chasing your press hands. Press the hands, hands then. Yeah, I actually, those two goals. Looked like it was close to lift off the other day. It feels so heavy. Yeah, uh, wow. But it feels, the position feels much better. Can you explain that to, to our listeners? What, what, it, what And, and where's the weight? Where do you feel the weight? Okay, so the press the hands then is you have your hands on the ground and you have your feet on the ground and the feet will go off the ground and then straight into a pancake or a straddle. split. Yeah, yeah. straddle. Uh, and then you basically fold up into a straight handstand and then you go back to the straddle handstand and then down on the ground. Um, so yeah, that lift off of the feet is mm. extremely hard. Is it harder to, sorry, sorry no, is it harder to go directly from straddle? Like feet on the ground in straddle hands on the ground or do you need to start with I need to have my hips high higher yeah oh, because okay, otherwise yeah. it's gonna be more load on my traps yep. which is probably my weak point yeah so I'm working a lot on having my shoulders planched over the hands mm. um, and then like compress from the shoulders and compress through the hip um, so that I can get that lift off and then just send my feet out in the straddle and then come up from open the shoulders yeah. You've got an amazing pancake that surely must be on your side. Yes, absolutely. Um, still feels fucking heavy. So what do you, you obviously you need? You need good range of motion in the hips. Yes. Good extension in the spine. We're talking to get the weight over the hands, or the spine will be flexed. All right. Yeah. And then it, and, and then it extends. Uh, if you get the weight of the butt over the hands, or. You just pluck, kind of plunge. Mm. So the shoulders will be forward. Yeah, the shoulders will be forward. Uh, and the Overs. spine will be flexed. And then as soon as the feet comes off, you're, um, you'll go into the straddle and you'll send the uh, shoulders into flexion. You'll open them. And you'll, open yeah, you'll the open shoulders. the shoulders. Yeah. And then, yeah, you sort of roll up through the spine a bit as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And how much ab compression does that require? So that's a it's lot, a lot of part hip of flexes, it. A lot of hip flexes, like, um, yeah, there will be definitely a lot of uh, core engagement and stuff yeah. like that as well. It's a lot of trap and uh, compression from the hip flexes. So what accessory work do you do to, to get I do, hit that goal? Um, I, I mainly work on um, eccentric handstands and then um, I call it a handstand stacking drill, but I think others might call it something different. Um, it's basically when you are kneeling on the ground, you have your hands on the sides of your knees, and then you're pushing yourself up mm. into a pike, but you have your toes pointed. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm... Oh, different variations like that. Um, no. It is a lot of hard work at the moment, yeah. I'm and working on getting my hands above my head. I was going to ask, do, do, do the handstand thing, <laughs> is the handstand thing, is that Which kind of goes harder. thing for you? No, I'd like to do that. I think that would be heaps of fun, but my, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a lot better at, so the more bodybuilding and powerlifting you do, the more you tend to get into extension and external rotation. And with calisthenics, obviously, a lot of what you do is protraction, more internally rotated, more posteriorly tilted pelvis, more compression. Um, so I'm not great at that, but I'm improving. I think once I get better at that, I'll be able to sort of stack a bit better and then things will come a bit more for me. Yeah. Another of my goals this year is to get my um, 30 second closed eye handstand. Closed eye? Yes. I'm up to 19 seconds. Oh, you're closing your eyes. Yeah, so oh. I kick up and I've I thought it was a fancy name. But no, no. Some, uh, like a I kick up, close my eyes, <laughs> yeah. hold it. Oh, that's quite tricky. Yes, because... <clears throat> Way trickier than it sounds. Yep, it is tricky, but it's also cool because when you do close eye stuff, you take all the external sort of, not all, but a lot of external stimulus out of it, and it puts you right in your body. So you will actually feel a lot more things because you're not distracted by or walking past you, you know, wherever it is. I distract the all the time. So, do you you, you you catch the handstand, then you close the eyes? Yeah, apparently. Mm. But um, I would like to get to the point where I close my eyes, then kick up into the handstand, and also do close eye shape changes. Wow. Yeah. So it's a lot of that um, adjustment and feeling of how to do that. So when Funny talks about that as a, as a goal for her, yeah. Um, do you? Do you, where's your brain going when you're thinking about that? Do you think that, that it's like kind of fluff or do you think it's something no. that's going to benefit her on a new, neurological level? No, I think it's super cool. Like being able to do that stuff is incredibly impressive. Um, it's just, it's so far outside my realm, you know, for me to think about that, like my, my straddle or middle split or whatever is terrible. I can't really get my arms overhead that easily. What about uh, like the eyes closing thing though? Uh, the eyes closing thing, I mean, it makes sense the way she's describing it. Like if you're doing any kind of skills work and you're trying to improve your proprioceptive awareness of where things are, I can totally see the value in that. Mm -hmm. For what I do, you would never do it because you know yeah, that's not the goal. Yeah, it's not the goal, yeah. Close your eyes while you're bench pressing. No, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, I guess it's just horses for courses, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, future vision. Mm -hmm. I know you guys are going to be on the road, but you're not going to be on the road for forever, I'm mm -hmm. guessing. 
Who knows? Well, I... <laughs> we actually don't know, to be honest. Yeah, really. That's kind of the cool you thing about it. Promise me you're coming back. <laughs> yeah. I don't promise anything. <laughs> T promised me that he would buy us a house. So, in, in the in, Yeah, yeah, yeah. House in the Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I didn't so know about that. Back. It, was, it was an empty promise, but it's a promise. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, so look, we've got to be back in Australia uh, in July because we've got a couple of seminars and presentations I'm doing. Uh, Fanny's got to renew a passport, yeah. <laughs> which is a pain in the ass if you're Swedish, to you're in Australia. Uh, and then we kind of don't know. We're kind of planning on maybe doing North America after that um, and then maybe end up in Europe again for Christmas because that would be really cool to do another Christmas there. Really enjoyed yeah. that last time we did it. Um, but honestly, it's really open-ended, which I think is part of the exciting thing for us. Um, we just don't really know what's going to Like, we could be completely over-traveling two months in, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, we don't know at this point. So. It's cool. Do you uh, see yourself doing less social media stuff or more when you go? Or will it be more like, uh, depending on, on what you're doing? I've got to be honest, I find it really... Uh, I wish I didn't have to do it. Mm. But there's a couple of things there. The first thing is that you've got to see it as part of the job like mm, it's marketing yep. you know that's all it is and if i wasn't doing that it's the same as like walking a gym floor and saying hi to members and cleaning up the weights and doing that sort of stuff yeah um but also you know i've tried to it can be really anxiety inducing at times because there's so many people who want something from you all the time when you're on there mm. but you also got to see it as an opportunity to reach a lot of people and make a difference for them yeah. um you know and like i've said this before I would rather someone asks me the question and I can give them good information mm. than them not being sure and not being too afraid to ask yep. or asking the wrong person or whatever it is. Um, so I've just tried to reinterpret it as something that is a massive privilege for me. Like if you think yeah, about it, like I've got over 20,000 people who listen to what I have to say, which is phenomenal. Like it's, it's ridiculous to me that people would actually, <laughs> that many people actually care about what I have to say is, is phenomenal. So you've got to reframe it, I think. So I think... You know, the social media has got to continue uh, well, there'll be some, at some point. Some cool stories, like if you end up sharing about your trip, probably... Yeah, I think it'll be more interesting. You know, It'll be more than just like, here's me in a gym again, or yeah. here's another infographic. Like you can split it up a bit with like, hey, we're in a cool place. We're in a park. I'm doing yeah, here's something training. practical that we've done because I couldn't get to a gym today or like I needed to find some protein in this weird country and I didn't know where anything was, so this is what I did or whatever it is. So I think there is some cool stuff to be mind out of that just yeah, sure. some interesting cats as well while you're overseas i'm guessing oh yeah i'm sure yeah. you're going to be doing your podcast on the road as well yeah um i've actually got a couple of cool guests lined up uh while we're overseas i don't think we'll be doing that in person but you know one of the other cool things about social media is that there's people all around the world now that um sort of know you and so It'll be cool to meet up with some people to find the cool places to train mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like such a cool thing to be able to do that. So and actually connecting with people in person. Yeah, it's something we've super said nice. this year that we really want to, you know, on our travels. If we travel around the world, we have friends everywhere uh, and people that we know of. Just actually connecting with them in person rather than just texting online. So good. It, yeah. it that is loop. massive. It's so nice to connect with people in person, and um, yeah, it's great. I'm guessing there'd be a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of people you probably haven't even met. Yeah, that, yeah, totally. Uh, that are talking to you guys on a regular or irregular basis. Yeah, definitely. Uh, happens all the time. You know, people come up and 
start chatting to you if you're at some sort of fitness event and it's kind of like, I don't really know who this is, uh, but they obviously feel like they know you really well. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, you obviously, you have that with, with other, like if you, you have it with celebrities, you have it with other people you follow, you might, you might've met them once, but you kind of know every intimate detail of their life. Um, so yeah. it's a bit weird like that. You had someone um, take a photo of your back <laughs> at the tool concert when we left and post on social media. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so no. Did you? Yeah, I, I know that guy though, actually. He's oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was cool. Though. Tagged. He was a cool guy. Uh, I do know him. He was at the uh, Melbourne Systems and Synergy Seminar. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. So he recognised your tattoo? He's, I think... Uh, ponytail. The, I think it was the the braid, the hair, and then he yeah. saw me walking up the stairs to exit and took a photo of me and tagged me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, what I feel like I know Cardi B very well. <laughs> yeah, if you know who that is. No. Yeah. Oh, she's like a rapper. Okay. She's yeah. crazy on social media. She's one of your rivals. One of my so rivals. Same yeah. market. Might go compete with her. <laughs> 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 Maybe with a guitar, I got to compete with her, right? <laughs> Yeah. Have you ever thought about opening your own your own space before, like together? Um, I that'd be sick. That in mind previously. You to started, like your styles of training seem to complement each other well. Yeah, right? I think they do. Yeah, it does. I just like yeah, I did have that as a bit of a dream, I suppose, before. But then I started working here and realizing that nah, I don't wanna run a gym and basically change like my work uh, my whole sort of work situation and do more of the sales and marketing because you're like all that. Major and Paul and then, oh, oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> we don't want to be like them yeah. <laughs> well, to, be, to be fair you guys yes. are doing a fantastic job <laughs> with all of that stuff and I was like yeah. if I can be in here and just do what I love doing keep getting leads from Tiora I mean it's perfect <laughs> yeah yeah Win win. <laughs> I got to be honest. I I've realised that it would take a lot for me to give up the freedom that we've got. Yeah. Uh, I'm someone who, if I can do something on my own and have my own sort of, you know, schedule, my own creative process, all that sort of stuff. Like to me, that's worth you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Whatever it's whatever it is, it just it means a lot to me. I I don't think that I would be able to do as impactful work as I am doing currently yeah. if I were to run a gym to be honest yeah and it it's makes a lot of sense strength. well yeah. you've got a, you've got all the other stuff that comes with it yeah, yeah. business it, yeah. wise it's yeah. not my strengths um and I'm currently like with the work that I'm doing currently I am certainly utilizing all of the strengths that I have and, and do the things that I want to do and teach the things I want to teach so mm. wouldn't make sense you were you were at Lyft when it shut down. Yeah, and um and then after and I'm guessing after it shut down, you you were just like, was that like the the cutoff point for you to say never again in the gym or? Uh, I wouldn't rule it out ever, but um, <clears throat> you know we were I felt kind of mixed emotions around that because obviously you hate to see it happen and you hate to you know the, what what the trainers and the clients and the members went through was horrible. Um, and, and obviously the owners are sort of like a nice position to be in. Um, but for me, the, the timing was actually great because it was like six weeks before we were leaving anyway. And so I felt this weird relief at the same time that I felt really gutted for everybody else. Just frees up a bit of your time and yeah, man. forces you into going full time into what you want to yeah, work and work on full time. It's one of those things I got 
my mind on a hundred different things. You guys know as, as owners of a gym, like there's a billion things that's always on your mind. And even if they're not big tasks that take a lot of effort or a lot of time, it still takes up that sort of cognitive bandwidth. It occupies a space in your brain. Cognitive um, bandwidth. Yeah. <laughs> I need broadband. Yeah, bro. Only. <laughs> I know, I love Another it. Another stick oh, around in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I've gone over my data limit yeah. and it's slowed me down. It just turns and turns. I know. <laughs> I'm like, Tell oh. me about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, having to get up at, at 4.30 in the morning to go and train people, even if you do enjoy doing it, you like your clients and all that sort of stuff, it's just another thing that, you know, mm -hmm. I could remove that allowed me to do the other stuff that I'm doing better. So for now, I'm enjoying that. You know, who knows if I'll go back to it or not. I might, but... Um, we were yeah. on the day when Luke closed. We How did you feel about Because you obviously you worked there. Yeah. You left there and came to work with us. Yeah. When you... When you found out about the closure, yeah, what were the emotions running through through you at the time? Um, I was a bit relieved for Luke. Obviously, it was pretty it was pretty full on for him at the time. So obviously, that was uh, I felt that partly. But then it was sad. I mean, I was the one opening Luke on the first day that it opened. Oh wow! Right. And I worked at reception for about a year before I got into the personal training side of things. And wow. yeah, basically helped building the gym up from nothing, uh, figuring things out as we went went along and yeah, it was sad. I should mention yeah. to anyone listening that what we're referring to is the gym that Funny used to work in. Luke also, mm. well, had, yes. had continued to work in yeah. until five weeks ago or something yeah. when it abruptly shut the doors. To, yeah, we essentially yeah. got a message overnight just saying, hey, we're unfortunately the gym's closing permanently. Went bust. We're done, yeah. 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 So, um, was there a voice inside your, your head saying, I called it, or something like that? Um, we sort of suspected that it might, might happen at some stage, mm. but... It's a tough business, it's, man. It's, it's just, such yeah, a because it's such a, such a massive space and um, very expensive equipment and, and all of that sort of thing. And, um, it is yeah, not easy. You sort of, I, I suppose you... you you worry about sometimes and you suspect that or like you wonder if, yeah. if it's going to be forever. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's we were tough. feeling a bit sad about it whilst redirecting all our marketing to Yeah, Redfern. of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got it, it right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. Well, I shouldn't laugh at it because being in that situation would be bloody horrible. Yeah. yeah. It would be horrible. Yeah. Even the thought of it since she was down my spine. And yeah. it can happen just like that. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. like they could be winning every day and then all of a sudden yeah. you get a phone call come through and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. totally. There's a lot of, and yeah. It wasn't a nice situation for anyone. No, no, it wasn't. It was a it was a unique place as well. Like it just offered a it was somewhere in between a, a boutique sort of personal training studio and a, and a commercial gym that mm. just, it, like I'm not a lot of, Places fulfill that role, um, so I think for the, especially for the coaches, um, trying to find somewhere else that they could do what they do, um, still earn good money and, and offer the same sort of level of service that they just their men with their clients was really tough, like a super hard sure. thing. So, well, well, we had yeah. maybe four, about five, probably five members mm -hmm. come from from Lyft, yeah, and all of them were really upset. Yeah, and yeah, I think what they loved about the place most was the diversity of the coaches there and the quality yeah. of the coaches. Yeah. Do you know where some of the coaches have gone? Like, what? 
a few people went back to fitness first. Yeah. Because um, here's the thing: is like if you go to, you can go to Fitness Playground, which is pretty close to where Lyft is. They've got a few yeah. gyms. Is there one in Redfern? Is there? It's one in Surrey Hills. It's only about 10, 15 minute walk from where Lyft was. It's like pretty close. Oh yeah. Um, so they've got a Surrey Hills one. They've got the bunker there. There's a Marrickville one. There's a Newtown one. Yeah. So it yeah. covers the whole sort of little innermost bubble there. Yeah. Um, and so the problem is that they they pay their uh, their trainers on a per session basis. So you know, at Lyft we had a, a rental agreement that was very generous, and so we could run businesses that had pretty low overheads, um, and, and make obviously we were all like quite good coaches, well established, and so you could make quite a lot of money um, charging what you're worth over there um, without the gym taking a huge piece of the pie. So that was that was fantastic as a coach to work there. It was just like it worked beautifully. Um, so it's yeah. tough for some of the coaches transitioning out. So like you go to Fitness Playground, which was the close, probably the closest thing on paper, but then you can't earn nearly as much. Um, and then the other option is Fitness First, which to be fair, no one really wants to work there. No one wants to work there. But you can make good money there because it's it's not capped as to how much you can earn. Um, so if, once you've paid the, the rent, which is expensive, you can make pretty good money charging whatever you want over there and you can run a successful business because they see you know 2,000 swipes a week or whatever. So some coaches went back there, even though they didn't really want to, they came from that. You know, people kind of dispersed all over the place. There's another gym called Steed, which has opened in uh, Camperdown, which, uh, sorry, Chippendale? Chippendale, around the corner from Lyft. So they're not quite Steed. open yet, but people are talking to that. Yeah. So they're opening this name. weekend. Opening this weekend. So I've been training there. Is that like, a horse? Yeah. Steed? Yeah, that's right. Oh. So it's, you know, it's pretty nice, but it's not as big as Lyft was, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's like, I don't know what the agreement is for trainers there either. I'm not sure if it's tenable for people or not. I have no idea, but yeah. So it's kind of like, people are kind of compromised wherever they've gone, you know? Yeah. Displaced. Yeah. And I think for the members too. Like, for Yeah, for sure. I think the ones that came here are actually trekking quite a distance to get the NL. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not ideal, but they're enjoying themselves. I yeah, that's it. good. Yeah. That's cool. They've yeah. got a new home now. Yeah, a nice community, nice. which is good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, how are we doing for time, Paul? I think we've had a good chat. We've got a few topics. I think we should probably wrap it up there. Cool. Um, I've enjoyed myself. Me I too. have as well. Yeah. This is a nice little going away. Going yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I feel oh. lucky to have it because I yeah. can't make the farewell on Sundays. Mm. Um, so it's been cool to be able to hang out with you before you go. Mm. But you'll be back, at, you know, four and a half months. We'll yeah, be yeah. Like, we'll be hanging out with you. We'll be guys following for sure. you guys, stalking yeah. you on Instagram, yeah. 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 commenting, yeah, stuff. Well, yeah. you just let me know when the place in the river is it's ready. ready to go, and we'll get oh, back on. Two story. I'll take anything, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we want, yeah. Yeah. it'll be a guitar room, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, it'll be noisy. <laughs> Pretty much, sounds like a gym to me. <laughs> just, well, just hire a gym. All the best. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Awesome time. Yeah. yeah. Stay out there for as long as you can. <clears throat> yeah. Lots of personal growth. I'm sure. Yeah, always happens. Mm. As well as abdominal growth. Yeah. <laughs> I should say, uh, in wrapping this up, uh, thank you guys for being here. Um, 
I wanted to thank Panavora again for providing coffee. Yeah, coffee is great. Just letting everyone know it was good, huh? Um, that if they need any help with any of their training, uh, they're looking for a community to come and express themselves, junglebuddy.com, we've got Facebook, look us up, we've got Instagram as well. Um, can you guys just, maybe you got a few dates for the seminars and places as well as like your Instagram or when people can get in touch with you for the online stuff? Yeah, uh, lukatalik.com. Um the seminar, the, next, the seminar is set in Stockholm on 14th of March. Uh, the other ones, we're still working out details. So there'll definitely be something in London. There'll be something in Sydney. I'm speaking in Melbourne in July. There'll be some stuff stateside that I'm working on as well in the second half of the year. Um, so yeah, my Instagram's underscore Luke Tullock. That's the best way to get you. Yeah, probably the best way. Yeah. Yeah, my handle is Mobility Training AU and. Um, my website is mobilitytraining.com.au. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks for coming around today. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you.